Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. And I am a bitch. I am a lover. And I am a child. And as of recently, I am a mother. Meredith Brooks. I loved that song. I watch that video all the time on VH1. I watched it whenever <laughs> it came on on pop-up video. Do you still watch it now on oh, VH1? If VH1 had pop-up video 24-7, uh, then I would be watch nothing but pop-up video on VH1. I really miss the old days where I would wake up in the morning and before... It was like my morning coffee is to me now. Yeah, yeah. I would just go and put on music videos in the morning for like 30 minutes, and that would be how I would wake up when I was a child. Yeah. I mean, you can still do that, I guess. You can just put them on YouTube. It does but the not pro- feel right. No, it doesn't, because the YouTube algorithm always plays like the same like 20 music videos for me over and over again. I mean, I could go and, and hand select my videos now, which sure. would be better, yeah. because you always were hoping to get like a certain one or two videos. And it's weird, because like, I still watch a ton of music videos. But it's just weird that I, I haven't thought about it. Like, I now just always watch them on YouTube. And it's always hand-selected stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We went down a rabbit hole of OK Anyways, Go videos uh, uh, the other day. Yeah, yeah. I don't like you. Holy shit. OK yeah. Go videos are insane. Uh, I just remembered the first one. And I haven't seen one since then. As I can't remember, I can't remember if I showed you this. But if I haven't, as a horror fan, you should watch the music video for I Don't Want to Be an Asshole Anymore by the Menzigers. Because it features Jason from Friday the 13th. Jason Mewes from Friday the 13th? Yes, yes, that oh, one. Wow. I love that uh, guy. No, but Jason Mewes uh, did play his character Jay in the music video for, I don't want to be, a, no, wait, different song, for How Many People Want to Kick Some Ass by Stroke Nine. Excellent. Just just thought you should know. Why are they not in more music videos? I feel like they should be getting invites. <laughs> that should be their stuff. full-time career. Yeah. <laughs> just music videos. They were in a Drake yeah. music video uh, as well. Uh, yeah, rec- that sounds right, because grassy. Yes. Yeah. And then they were in Collective Soul video, I believe, as well. It's so weird that Jay and Silent Bob were in Degrassi. Mm-hmm. That it blows my mind because I forget yeah. it. Even when I hear people talking about Degrassi, and then I just remember that well, later on. I mean, what's uh, junior high without drug dealers out front? Yeah. And probably murder and murdery. Murder, yeah. rape. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Anyways, this week is kind of a first time we're really doing this, but it's a bit of a mega episode. Uh, we'll be talking about the this first is the episode. First of three mega episodes. Yeah, because all this stuff came out towards the end of the year, but so we we don't we didn't want to miss any of it before we did our year end list. So we'll be talking about the first episode of Book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus. We'll be talking about the Kingsman and Spider Man No Spider Man No Way Home Nowhere Home Spider Man Spider Ham Spider Ham uh, Honey Baked Way. Let's go to the deli. Uh, and but we'll be talking about the last episode of Hawkeye as well too, just to start things off. Do you have any news though before that begins? Uh, just two little bits of news. Um, um, it's either Molly or Michael Shannon is going to be playing Zod for the Flash. I would be okay with either one. <laughs> if Molly Shannon was playing, I'd Zod. like the idea that like. That Warner Brothers just like, oh, we couldn't get Michael Shannon. What is the next closest thing to Michael Shannon? Well, Molly and him do not only share a last name, but same initials as well. Yep. MS, baby. Audiences will not build a hell of a difference. Yeah, just put M. Shannon in there. And <laughs> yeah. You got it. Uh, can she just be like her character from What Hot American Summer? I was going to see if she's just going to play. She insists on playing exactly like Mary Catherine Gallagher. That's fine, too. I have I have no issues with Superstar. Uh, and then the other bit of news, 
Um, Keaton's going to be in the Batgirl movie. Yeah, I thought was, I'm more than cool. I'm more than okay with that. Uh, I know the rumor is originally they wanted Affleck, but like Affleck said, he is done doing like IP uh, movies and films. Like, which I don't blame him because, like, that means he's not going to be. Speaking of Kevin Smith, you think he's going to be in any more Kevin Smith movies? I don't. I don't think those are IP films because those are not across multiple transitive different types of mediums. Oh, I guess Clark's is also a comic book, Uh, but and a television show. That's true too. Uh, So maybe, Uh, but like, and like, I get where you're coming from. He did his Batman stuff, but he's like before that, he's like I was getting nominated for Oscars. Uh, so I probably just like to go back to do that. So yeah, I, not just nominated, he was winning. Yeah, <laughs> true too. He's an Oscar winner. Yeah, so I get that. So I'm stoked that they decided to. Get, I think Keaton is is an amazing backup choice as well. Wait, uh, wait, wait. you're saying backup choice? Like no, that, that's a rumor. They asked Affleck, but uh, but he turned it down. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, interesting. Uh, so I'm stoked that Keaton's agreed to do it. Maybe it leads to a Batman Beyond type story in the future with Terry McGinnis as well. So yeah. we'll see. I don't know. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, I think so too. I would really like that. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, our first Disney Plus show, the finale. Okay. Let's get into the, the kingpin of it all. Okay. Yeah. So what were your thoughts seeing Vincent D'Onofrio back and actually acting uh, as kingpin? I can't say it while maintaining blood flow to all other parts of my body, especially the parts that need it right now. But let me just say that I was very excited. Uh, yeah. And it, he very much, I think the brutality was something that a little bit, but he very much felt like the same intimidating figure as the Kingpin that we knew from Daredevil. I mean, I don't know that the brutality was really lacking. We saw a murdered body in a That's car. true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this guy has no problems with, with violence. Yeah. And it's like one of those things, too, that like whenever we saw... Uh, Kate's mom, whose name I can't remember right now, uh, like being like, oh, like trying to Im- like tell the kingpin like she was going Farmiga. to like quit the business. Uh, I know the actress's name, but not the uh, same. But Mrs. Bishop, it's yes, it's just like if you're nasty. It's like you fool. You have no idea who you're dealing with right now. Yeah, uh, one does not quit ever on the kingpin. The only yep. way you quit is through death. Yep. Or a nice pension plan that he gives you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That does too. He does have good pension plans, I heard. Yeah, he's got a, um, an excellent 401k program. What do you think of his Hawaiian shirt? Uh, also, from, spoilers for everything we talk about. Oh, yeah. Good, good Yes, call. it is from a Spider-Man comic. Yeah, it's from the comics. I have no no problems with it. I saw that there are weird subsections of the internet that hate on this like they do everything. Yeah. Uh, who cares? Yeah. Who gives a shit what yeah. he's dressed like? And, it is weird that it's in December, I'll say. Yeah, yeah. Is he about to go on vacation? Because then it would make well, more sense. Well, Maka is the thing you say on a nice Hawaiian Christmas day. That's very true. And um, he was dressed like he was in Hawaii. And White he had, suit, red Hawaii. They added the cane as well. Uh which I like to imagine that like the cane is a result from his fight with Daredevil and Bullseye in the final episode of Daredevil as well too. Like he's yeah uh, it's a took some yes, and the fact that he was operating out of like defunct office things like that also makes me feel like this is a continuation of Daredevil. That like what Matt Murdock did took Kingpin down several levels, and he can't operate in the penthouses and skyscrapers of New York right now like he used to. Yeah, there's something going on with him. Yeah. For sure. Um, he so, doesn't seem totally up to full strength. I'm sure we'll talk about our title character at some point. Uh, but 
So what do you think of what Ooh, happened? Lucky the pizza dog? Yeah. What do you think of what happened to him in the end? Lucky the pizza dog? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, D'Onofrio? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like you said, spoilers, he gets shot in the head. Uh, we could assume it's in the head anyways. Yeah. By Echo. Uh, I assume he's still alive as well. Uh, spoilers for anyone that hasn't read like a 10-year-old comic, 12-year-old comic at this point. Yeah. Uh, but that does happen in the comics. Echo does shoot the Kingpin directly point blank in the face in the comics and and he lives through that so i imagine he will continue to survive yeah they might pull like a um not to jump ahead to kingsman but i did just rewatch uh the first kingsman yeah uh maybe they pull a colin firth and not to spoil a a 10 year old movie (laughs) yeah uh but colin firth doesn't die by being shot in the eye it's true (laughs) uh he dies by being shot in the other eye (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) accurate uh, so what do you okay. think of, what do you think Let's of the uh the echo of it all? I Echo's fine still. I still don't care about her any more or any less than I did before. It's maybe because I don't really care for Echo that much in the comics as well. So I don't have any strong feelings about her one way or another. I will watch the show when it comes out, but it's probably the announced Marvel show that I'm least excited for still. Oh man. Yeah. I can't think of one off the top of my head unless it's animated that I'm excited for less than that. I'd say even that would be better than my most anticipated animated show, though. In fact, I can list them for you oh, that'd be real great. quick. So here's speaking of a uh, preview for 2022 year end stuff. What are we what are we getting next year? Um, well, you have Moon Knight, She-Hulk, uh, Secret Invasion, Miss Marvel, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, Ironheart, Armor Wars. Uh, they announced a Wakanda series, which I don't know much more about. Loki's been coming back for season two at some point. What if is coming back for season two at some point? Uh, Agatha's getting her own TV show. I would say um, of the live action stuff, if that uh, Wakanda one is live action, that would be my least anticipated. Okay. But this is right right there with it. I would still say Echo, so I'm at least anticipated out of that list. Where does, um, I'm curious, where does Wakanda rank for you on there? Do you care what's going on in the, wor- the world? Yeah, I do. I probably... Rank it ahead of uh, Miss Marvel right now. Oh, really? Yeah, I love Kamala Khan, but I don't like the change in her powers, and that still kind of bums me out. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Anyways, but we'll talk more about that stuff for a year in. Yeah. Anyways, okay. So amazing final battle, uh, and Hawkeye going through the party. Uh, Kate trying to hold off Yelena as well by being friendly, and then in the elevator scene, all amazing. The costume change, all great. But Clint being stuck in the Rockefeller Christmas tree was an amazing moment as well. Yeah, watching the Rockefeller Christmas tree get chopped down was not something I knew that I yeah. wanted, but I'm very happy that it happened. And taking place in the ice rink uh, with Kate and Clint pulling out every trick arrow that like That was just they so knew. fun. That was um, one of the coolest fight scenes I've ever seen. I loved that. And I loved... I actually rewatched that right after I finished it. I was like, let's rewind this and do it again. And the amazing with the Trust of Bros truck being hit by the Pimtech arrow. Yep. And then being picked up by the Al, picking up picked up by the Al immediately. Uh just this the series was so much better than I thought it was gonna be. Uh and maybe it was because and I think a big part of it is because it flushed out Hawkeye a lot more as a character. Uh Haley Seinfeld was amazing as Kate Bishop. Uh, we got to see the best moments we've seen so far from uh, Yelena. 
Uh, we had the Vincent D'Onofrio surprise. And, and that's, that's saying something because she had a lot of great moments in the Black Widow yeah. film. Well, and if really, if you think about it as well, too, that like I, I think for me, too, like this being a Christmas show, taking watching it around Christmas, I think also added a lot to it. It really, really did for me. Like I was more invested in it and more excited for it. And we're going to talk about Boba Fett next. Um, not the second or anything, but I was much less excited for Boba Fett and I'm a way bigger Star Wars fan than I am a Marvel fan Yeah, for me. So like that's, that's saying a lot. Yeah. So you're saying that you're more excited for the season finale of Hawkeye than you were for the premiere of Boba Fett. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Which I think is fair. Yeah. I, I, I think a I lot think of people so too. felt that way. Uh, yeah. I, I'm real. I don't want to spoil anything, but I think the MCU had nine new projects this year that came out. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how many, if not all of them end up on our top 10. Oh, I guarantee you then that nine Marvel projects <laughs> are not going to end up on my top 10. Wow. Guaranteed. Wow. So spoiler for future episode, but apparently Matt hated Spider-Man no way home. Yep. Uh, it is not going to crack my top 90 on this year. Uh, yeah. This may be the year where our top 10 is the most different. Uh, I want to say. Yeah, and we've had some really different top ten yeah. in the past. Anywho, uh, back to back to Hawkeye. Let's. We're talk still more. waiting for something to be as good as Teen Titans go to the movies. Uh, <laughs> but what did you think of the Yelena Clint stuff? Uh, I thought like I thought it was great. I loved I love that like Clint told her the truth while Yelena just basically beat him up over and over I mean, again. We've been waiting for that. Very yeah. simple, and you see this in, in movies, and it's that it's that weird thing where they. You know, there's just like a miscommunication yeah. that is easily solved by literally three seconds of but talking. But is it the first people, time that the, that they have ever talked? Well, uh, and people are just like, let me talk instead of just talking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so instead of saying, let me talk a hundred times, just start talking to Yeah. People. And to be fair, Clint be fair. didn't know that, don't, don't you even start with that. <laughs> Clint didn't know that that Black Widow was Yelena until Kate told him after Kate found out in the conversation. Uh, season 10 of Letterkenny now on Hulu. I've already watched all of it. Uh, if you want to, you don't have to watch season 10, but if you want to know what season 10 is like, just watch season one. It's all the same jokes. <laughs> yeah, they do yeah. the same joke like four yeah. times per episode. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. So really just watch one episode. You can pick any random episode. <laughs> you, you see the entire series. So you get the gist. Alex loved it and then realized what it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anywho, I, I have absolutely fucking adored that final scene with them together. I was honestly hoping Yelena was going to be at Christmas uh, at their family yeah, Christmas. Yeah. I was like, I did. I did enjoy Kate coming to the family Christmas. What'd you think of, um, uh, I mean, you have to, what do you think of? I saw it 8 million miles away. <laughs> Hawkeye's wife being an agent of shield. I am very excited. For uh, that's going to be, it was agent 19, which agent 19 in the comics is mockingbird. Uh, and Clint and mockingbird were married in the comics. We've had a Mockingbird in the Agents of Shield TV show. Um, Looks like we got a new one. Yeah, I, I kind of want, or it could just be an Easter egg of comic book readers as well, too. So who yeah. knows? But I did like that she had a, a background working for Shield because that more that better explains how they got together. I feel like it also explains why they feel safe out in the middle yes. of nowhere it, and be. why she why she's so trusting of Clint or, or understanding of Clint doing his thing and why he trusts. Uh, her while the to watch the kids as well. I absolutely love their relationship. I don't. I don't think that we see enough um, in these types of movies about people's um, significant others, like that they've had for a long period of yeah. time. I love getting to see some I think, of that dynamic. I mean, I, for any of the 
core Avengers. I mean, you could probably Tony and Pepper, uh, and you could probably say uh, Steve and Peggy Carter as well. Probably the only ones that we've seen develop any real relationships. I guess Thor has Jane, but Jane disappeared basically after the first one. Yeah, but most of those are, I mean, you get to watch the Pepper thing as it happens. Yeah. This you've seen years after the fact. It's already well established that they're together. They're not getting together in the comics. Sure. It's a. Yeah, that's a good point. It's an exploration of that dynamic, and I'm cool with that. Not something that we've seen before is what I'm saying. Anyways, are you ready to move on from this? From the show? Yeah, yeah. Um, What else happens here? Uh, Have we not talked about any credit scenes yet? Oh, there was a post-credit scene, and it was Rogers the Musical. Oh, man. Talk about the the slap in the face. Talk about something. Slap in the faces. As someone that doesn't really care for musicals and will watch ones I have some interest in and I hear are great, mm-hmm. um, I didn't care for this at all. Yeah. And strike me down as, as somebody who, even if I'm interested in seeing a musical, I'm not seeking it out. Even yes, if it's 100%. the Book of Mormon on tour right here. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily I mean, looking to get I did go see that and it was amazing. I know you yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, and like, I love like Little Shop of Horrors and all that, but I just don't need like a straight musical song. That's to me, it's not a very catchy tune for however long that was. 25 minutes? Uh, the I could do this all day? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. I I was like, there's, there's like, and we'll, something else. We'll talk about it in Spider-Man No Way Home. But like the post-credit scenes we've gotten from the two latest Marvel releases have been disappointing to me. I completely agree. Uh, okay. But we'll talk about the other ones later, obviously. Yep. Okay. So you're now are you ready to move on? Uh, yeah. If, if I have anything else that I want to address on it, we'll bring it back up. Okay. And if you have any issues with that, you could suck my butt. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Book of Boba Fett. Uh, so you initially said that you weren't super excited for it no, going no, no, in. No, I'm not saying that I wasn't excited. I was not as excited as I was for the finale of Hawk. Okay, that's fair. Very excited. Um, I love, I will, I'll start off by saying uh, I wasn't expecting to get um, back to the Sarlacc pit. Was happy to be there. Though. Yeah, I, I, I love like that, that too. We worked in flashbacks, and yeah. flash forwards. I love. I, I think it worked really well for how they did it in the series. Whenever Boba is in, there's a reju- rejuvenation chamber, mm-hmm. uh, and whenever he's in that, he has flashbacks, starting like Matt said at the time of him escaping from the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Then being captured by, uh, what are their names again? Their proper names? I just call them the Sand People of Tatooine. Uh the Tusken Raiders. Thank you, Tusken Raiders. Yeah, yeah. Uh which are just. I don't know what's more annoying if you live on Tatooine, Jawas, or Tusken Raiders. I mean, they seem like the same thing. Just one is much more violent than the other. Jawas will just steal all your loot, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And just run away from Yeah, yeah. As fast as they possibly fucking can. Uh, It was cool to see. uh, I'll start off with something that I really enjoyed. That it appears that there is a Tusken Raider, like hierarchy yeah which wasn't something that has ever been hit yes yeah, so we really i don't think about that but you're right like we really got more characterization characterization and depth in the tuscan raiders than we ever had before yeah they have as boba referred to them younglings in the tribe yep. there seems to be a leader within the group as well too uh and then elders maybe as well uh so that was really interesting i will say i thought the costumes of the tuscan raiders were a little clean uh even for leadership I'll say this. If you live on Tatooine and you want to look stylish, you figured out what does not grip sand at this point. I guess you're right. But I mean, I would expect there to be some sense of something like we've sure. always seen in the past. 
Especially since water is such a scarce really, resource. Really minor yeah. gripe of mine. But yeah, they, I think the, the leaders looked a little too clean. Yeah. For being in the middle of the desert. We even had a uh, flashback to the uh, episodes one through three. Whenever yeah. we see a young Bobo pick up Django's helmet as well, too. Oh, that was so great. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. I don't know. Uh, I wasn't expecting that kind of stuff from this. I guess I've just been so inundated with so much Marvel yeah. that I haven't been concentrating on the Star Wars of it all. Well, and like, what if this series does go on for a season two? I don't know if it will or not. Uh, but I am curious because, like, wait, wait, wait. you don't think this is going to go for a second season? I, I have no idea with any of this Disney Marvel stuff because, like, I didn't think Loki was going to be get a second season. I can, and it did. I will put money that there's going to be a, okay. a second season of Boba. Well, I was going to say that because like, I feel like season one, I feel like you could use the reju- rejuvenation chamber in every season. So like season one would be the story of him not only escaping the Starlight Pit, but how he basically escaped Tatooine as well. Yep. Uh, season two could be how he met Fiddick Shan, Phoenix Shan, uh, Ming-Na, was, Ming-Na Wen's character uh, in the series as well and how they and how she came to trust him so much. Or even how he came to be in service of uh, Jabba. Yeah, you know, in another season. Yeah, you you can go all sorts of ways with this thing. That's all I'm saying is there's there's yeah. so many grounds to explore. And I will say that he's aged really well because he came out of the Starlight Pit ex- looking exactly the same age as he did in the modern day. So if you look at much Luke Skywalker's age in that same time period, uh, he looked exactly <laughs> the same. In fact, I think he looks younger from when he came <laughs> yeah, out of the yeah. Starlight Pit. I, I Actually, no, no. To be fair, and the Mandalorian, the finale, it was young Luke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was still, yeah. it was right after Jedi, Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black robes and all, baby. Yeah. Green lightsaber. Black just flipping through green. the crowds. Oh, yeah. So, I've, I've rewatched that episode probably five times. Yeah. It's a fantastic episode. Yep. And then that scene. It's weird before. to think this is a cool topic, but that like Mandalorian season three will not have Grogu in it. Like, I cannot imagine that. Even one episode, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's got to make an appearance. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that's like the finale type thing. Yeah. We get a teaser of Grogu. Maybe they shrink down Cara Dune and turn her into a new Grogu. (laughs) (laughs) She can't speak or tweet. (laughs) Yes. Fucking please. Um, I loved in the Sarlacc pit seeing a deceased stormtrooper in there or being Mm -hmm. digested or trapped like a... Yeah, yeah. Like a fly in a web. Yeah. Also makes you wonder why no, because that was the stormtrooper that fell in. That gets knocked. Yeah, 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 yeah. By Luke or Han? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or Chewie. Uh, Maybe Leia. We get to see how Boba uh, is trying to be the new crime lord of Tatooine as well too. Yeah. After unseating Jabba the Hutt. But he doesn't Uh, want to rule with fear, though. Yes. This is big thing. Yes. Uh, Respect. I love that he doesn't understand most of the languages. They, they don't have a protocol droid. Uh, the best they have is... By a, Matt Berry. Yes. By Matt yes. Berry, which is amazing. Yeah. It kills me because I'm pretty sure Richard Iwate voiced uh, someone in The Mandalorian. Yep. And I'm like... And Taika Waititi voiced someone in The Mandalorian as well, too. Another yep. droid. Stop having these amazing actors as droids. Cast them as actual people and make them the main characters as, as themselves. Oh, my God. By all means, give Matt Berry Please. his own... Okay. So, Toast of London, fantastic TV share, series. There's a new series where Toast goes to the States. Yep. Uh, Toast so, of Tinseltown? Yeah, Toast of Tinseltown. So, why not just do Toast of Star Wars? Oh, uh, 
my God. Yeah, just put them on a bunch of different planets. That'd be insane. Yeah, because the characters Matt Berry's play, like you just see him being completely unaware of what is a Star Wars. Uh, so it's it's weird for me to have him be in Star Wars. Uh, Matt Berry is also of what we do in the Shadows fame um, for American listeners who don't enjoy British comedy as much as Alex and myself. Yeah, yeah, some of us more than others. Yep, uh, Jackie Daytona uh-huh. himself. Yeah. Uh, anyway, regular human bartender. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was a short episode. Too. I want to say it was like before the credits. Yeah, like it was 38 with credits, probably 31, 32 uh, with credits. It was paced really well. I loved. It went by so fast. Yeah. And I loved the scene. Uh, there was a big fight with him and Finnick Shard and Shand and his two new bodyguards that he decided not to kill as well, which was fun. And I liked all that. But I loved whenever they're digging for their gourds in the sand and that new monster comes up. I'd never seen before in Star Wars oh, Universe. Was, yeah. It's so neat seeing. New creative um, monsters in the Star Wars realm. And I loved it with the Rhino thing in the um, in the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, I can't even. I wish I could remember what it's called. Uh, the I, Rhino I, thing. No, it's not what it's fucking called. God damn it. Anyways, it's got a specific name. And then now this beast in the first episode yeah, yeah. of Boba. Like, it seems like there's a formula that they're kind of following. So. That's a little worrisome, so I, well, I just want to make sure that they go away from some of that in the future. This episode was written by John Favreau, who obviously was the showrunner of The Mandalorian. Uh, it was directed by Robert Rodriguez as well. Tell me how it's uh, different from the first episode of Mandalorian. How is it different from the first episode of Mandalorian? There's no Grogu. Okay, no Grogu. It takes place at least, like, I don't know, like 10 days after season two of the finale. English, uh, English speaking droid. Yeah. Uh, English sounding droid. Clearly... Uh, that we love and think Boba is funny. Fett's ancestry has a New Zealand accent. Uh, oh, clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Where the Mando's accent is clearly Pedro Pascal's normal voice, I think. Yeah. Where's he from? I don't know, actually. That was just the correct yeah. way of, of owning up to that. Yeah. We'll find out. We won't say it, but we'll find no, out. No, no, no. Uh, and also, Mando was on a hunt and. Boba is trying to maintain or trying to create and maintain uh, a community. Boba's trying to settle down. First episode of Mandalorian. Mandalorian was working. Mandalorian trying to get his fuck on. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Never takes off his helmet. Very quick to remove his codpiece. <laughs> Ready to get that Mando dick mm-hmm. wet. Which sure we haven't seen it in the show in a single second, but I'm sure that's how Pedro Pascal approaches the character. Yep. Yeah, I've read some interviews with Pedro, and that's mm-hmm. what he says. is He's like, the Mando fucks. Yeah. He fucks yeah. hard, he fucks a lot, and he fucks all the time. Um, which explains why, again, why there's Cara Dune, because <laughs> nobody wanted to touch Cara Dune, so that's why it's a perfect partner for him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the virgin <laughs> what do you rate this on scale of one to ten? Oh man and we should also rate um the hawkeye series i refuse to because we'll be talking about it maybe on our year end list well now why are we talking what because we'll have new data when we do year end for boba fett because we'll have two new episodes I at guess, least i guess uh, i'll give it a, an eight it was really solid okay it was a lot of fun um yeah i agree with you i'm right there riding eight uh, I'm excited. This is seven episodes, not six. Like I, we, I feel like I've gotten used to with the Disney Marvel shows. Give me uh, eight. 
I, I, I know. I, I, I know. I'm the person that was complaining about episode length for the longest time. Yeah. And everybody listened, and I'm like, hold on, give me one or two yeah. more. It's so funny too when you look at the shows like the Netflix Marvel shows, which like 13 episodes. And you're like, like sometimes like maybe they felt a little bit too long, but I'm like, I I know I know what I had at that time. Oh, absolutely. Like now I treasure all 13 episodes of every season of like Daredevil. I'm sad that it's gone. So, like, yes, give me 13 episodes of all these shows. If a couple of them are filler, I'm sure there'll be moments I still love from, from each episode no matter what. Absolutely. Uh, anyways, I'm right there with you, too, at Nate. I've already said that. Uh, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It moved by pretty quickly. Probably some of it was due to the short nature of the episode. But it was just paced really well uh, and better than I was expecting going in. Perfect. Let's get into uh, The King's Man. Uh, a film that might have been had the date changes more than any other film that I could think of. Yep. Uh, yeah. I saw the trailer and I saw a panel for this at New York Comic Con in October of 2019. And this was a film that was ready to be released. Yes. I also saw a panel for Free Guy there, which had tons of reshoots that needed to be done. It was in the early stages of development. And now... And Free Guy came out months before. Free Guy's on Blu-ray now, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you can go buy Free Guy now. So if that tells you anything about the delay of this fucking movie, there yeah. you go. And I know you and I both love the first Kingsman films. Both uh, of them, yes. Absolutely. I just rewatched the first one. Stellar. Uh, this one is a prequel series, uh, or prequel movie, I should say. Uh, taking no place. Mr. Egerton in this one. No. It takes place. It start, no opens Eggsy. in 1909. Uh, starring Ralph Fiennes. Uh, Rafe? That's yes, fine. thank you. Uh, Raphael Fiennes, named after the Ninja Turtle, of course. Do you uh, think that uh, the character of Ralph in The Simpsons is based off of the, 100%, the childhood yes. of Rafe Fiennes? Uh, so, before you saw this movie, what were your thoughts going into it? Uh, excitement. Um, more overly stylized. Hyper-violent. Um, unique fight sequences, um, and weird effects and fun. That's what I was expecting from this. Uh, about yeah, you big boy. Uh, I had. I'm gonna say I was exci- excited for a little trepidation and probably a little bit more. Uh, after the reviews came out, because reviews weren't great for this film. Uh, they're probably middle of the road. I, haven't, I still haven't even looked at reviews of this. They haven't been terrible, but like it's been polarizing, uh, I should say. Uh, People are either liking it or not liking it. Yeah, and I think just like a general review, like this is also directed by Matthew Vaughn, who did Kingsman 1 and 2. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but at times this feels like a very different film because it shifts tonally throughout the film. Like times, yes, yeah. it is a very serious movie that works well. I think it's a serious movie, and then there's times where there's over the top, uh, kind of cheesy but still awesome, amazing Kingsman as sequences that we're used to, uh, and they're just kind of mashed together. So, and uh, I can see why that would turn the people off to the film. Yeah, I mean, you get some of the Kingsman violence and fight sequences, and in some of the sequences you don't really get that. Yeah, so I think. Speaking of the five sequences, I think we'll jump pretty far ahead too. I think well, my favorite five, five sequence was, and probably yours as well. I'm just going to assume the Rasputin fight, without a doubt. Yeah, to the the Nutcracker music, unbelievable. Yes, I was my jaw was on the floor, and I was like, Rasputin is the villain yeah. of this movie, and yes. I can't wait to see all the stuff they're going to do with it. And then they shoot him in the fucking head at the end of the fight sequence, 
and I am mad. Uh, I will say, and Reese Ifen stole the show as Rasputin. Like he stole every oh, scene God, he, he, was he, ever, yeah, he was in. He was absolutely fantastic. He was that towering presence of that Rasputin. And I one thing I loved about this movie was there was a ton of true historical references. The Archduke Ferdinand had a failed assassination attempt the first time around. Yep. And it was rumored, although it's likely not true, that when he was assassinated, it was just because the assassination was just hanging out at a cafe and saw him drive by. Yep. Uh, the Tsar of Russia, Nicholas, King George, and... Uh, oh, my God. Whatever his name is in Germany. I can't remember his name right now. Yeah. But they were all cousins in real life, and they did all fight in World War One. I. Uh, I loved all that stuff for Rasputin. He was drowned and poisoned and stabbed and lived through all of that in real life as well too. Yeah. So I love all the, all these nods tied into the screenplay. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really, really fun. And that fight was just amazing as well too. The swirling and twirling was mm. the, was the stuff. Uh, Jimon Hensu is an absolutely incredible stunt actor. Yeah. And I loved watching him in this fight sequence. And just the stuff like with on the table, like dodging everything, and then him probably kicking the table over as well too. Uh, Reese Darby, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Reese Darby. Uh, Present. Uh, like I loved even before that the exchange between uh, Rasputin uh, and what's the snake character's name? Uh, Orlando Oxford, uh, Ray Fine's character. Uh, whenever Rasputin first comes in. Talking about getting each other a fucking drink. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was like, that, that was very Kingsman-esque, I felt too. Uh, so I had moments like that. And I love the list. And even the main villain of the film, which was not a great main villain of the film, but still very over the top and felt Did very Kingsman-esque. Did who the main villain was as well? A uh, thousand percent. And I think yeah. it's, I, and I think it's, I honestly think a hundred percent it was because it was Matthew Good. If it had been right. literally any <laughs> other actor, and if I was not as familiar, I'm like, oh, Matthew Good's here. He, he's going to be a bad guy. Yeah. 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 And then Matthew Good dies. What's in the first act? I'm like, oh, no, clearly he's not dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You don't yes. watch him die like yes. you watch Charles Dance die. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think if, it had been any, if I was not as familiar with the actor, then that twist m- might have worked on me. Mm-hmm. But it had no impact on me. Because yep. I saw it was coming. Uh, and that So that annoyed me a little bit because I was able to, just to telegraph. And this is... In my opinion, by no means, not even close to being a perfect movie, but it is an immensely watchable movie. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good stuff here. There's also a lot of stuff that that really um, shocked me in yes. good and bad ways. Yeah, uh, we have a burn after reading moment uh, in here, which was just absolutely. I was in a theater with maybe 15 people, and every single one gasped. Yeah, you're talking about whenever. Conrad. Conrad yeah. Oxford is uh and this scene was just that whole sequence was jaw dropping. Yes. It was the I'll say this again. I talked about Tony, but the serious moments in this film were done really well. Ray Fines carried a lot of great dramatic moments. Jim Ratchin was great as Polly, but this stuff in World War One when we see him on the front lines yeah. was so well done. This is is the thing that I've been looking forward to talking about most. I knew that we were gonna agree with the Rasputin fight. But this is another one of the best fight sequences I've seen in a film. Yeah. And it's a midnight fight trying to find a spy uh, in no man's land in World War I um, 
two sides meet up. They can't make a fucking sound and shoot their guns because it'll alert both sides, and then mortars will come dropping yeah. in and just and machine gun fire. Yeah. yeah, and everyone will just be ripped to shreds. So they have to fight hand to hand, and when they all realize that, yeah. they all drop their weapons and then pull out their knives and hatchets and just start slowly walking towards each other. One of the coolest looking things I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, with the gas was, masks and everything. Oh, I know. Yeah, it was so well done. And then whenever Connor is in the ditch with... Uh, it wasn't a fun fight sequence. No, like not you, at all. Like you yeah, see yeah, in yeah. Kingsman. Like yeah, it was to. dark and dramatic. And then Connor is the only one to survive. He's in a ditch. And it happens to be the person that had the intelligence. is in that ditch as well with his leg rounded off. But like Connor has this moment where he realizes that like this he he made a huge mistake like he he, he didn't realize yes to join the army yes and join the war yeah he seems and, to be about to have his hero's moment yeah so he but he breaks up. down and starts crying gets yeah. consoled by this, which we don't see in, in war films at all no. but it feels very true to life at times for, for some people as well well absolutely it was it was just something like it it felt ripped out of 1917 at times as well yeah, I mean that's that's where my mind goes is to a lot of nineteen seventeen. Yeah. and obviously nineteen is a better film, but like I would not questionably I would not put this as like oh this is eight tiers below nineteen seventeen. The dramatic stuff in this was handled incredibly well for for World War One. I. I mean, we get a burn after reading moment yeah. in nineteen seventeen, which it's true too. Uh, but I and I kind of feel like this was harder for the director. Like, how do I deal with the serious gravity of the horrors and atrocities of World War One, and mix it with what I've already come to expect from the Kingsman films? Oh yeah. Uh, what was what I what I really loved is he he has his hero's moment. He takes the spy back. He gets back safely across enemy lines. Unfortunately, at this time, there's just bullets whizzing past, and the spy dies. But he's got the intel with yes. him. But he. Ugh. uh his whoever's lieutenant at the time asked him what his name and he says his name. He says his fake name because he had someone take his place to go back home because, because he wanted to fight in the war. Yeah, because he was a nobleman. And yes. As a nobleman, they weren't going to be allowed. Yeah. So he basically kicked this guy off yeah. the front lines in order to steal his place. Yeah. And, and he assumed tell, his identity. Yeah. And he t- with that, somebody says his name. And then someone else in his platoon says his name and says, like, I know I'm looking for him all over. That's the worst contact I've ever heard. And then he holds up the case of the intel, and it has the German skull logo on there. He's like, oh, you're a German spy. And the guy just shoots Connor right in the head, which I did not see coming at all. Same. And it was so well done. And I feel like that moment made this film a lot better. Because like up to that point, I was was like, oh, eventually Connor will come home, and Connor will be the one who helps really start the the, the Kingsman agency yeah, that we Conrad know. Conrad and Dad. Yes. And associates, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which was not what we saw at all. Uh, and it makes it especially even more heartbreaking as well, too, because the film opens with uh, his mom getting shot and died, but Ray Fiennes making a promise to make sure his son never sees war and is always safe. Yeah. But, what a, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Just gut wrenching in an incredible way. Um, what do you think about the ending and the possibility of uh, the King's Man too? Yeah, the, there was a after credit scene. Did you see the after credit scene? Of course, yeah, yeah. Which which was that scene felt very much in the vein of the Kingsman style as well too, because it was over the top and ridiculous. Yep. Uh, Tom Hollander 
is not Wilhelm, but he's actually Adolf Hitler. Uh, and Tom Holland, Hollander played all three of the cousins as well, too. He played King George and Nicholas and all that, uh, which I thought was a lot of fun. And I, I would be more than okay really with that because it. I feel like you'd agree with me. Daniel Brühl's in this film. Daniel Brühl is severely underutilized uh, in this film. Zemo? Oh, my yes. God. We needed so much more. But I feel like that was because they expected to make a sequel. And obviously, yep. he would have been featured more prominently in the sequel as well. And let me tell you, if this movie wasn't delayed as much as it was, I think people would have liked it more. I agree. And I, I think it would have been much better at the box office yep. for, for what it I was. Think, I mean, it came out the week after fucking Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, I know. Terrible. And, and Disney released it. It, it, it feels like Disney has just it's been the habit of just dumping all the Fox films and not actually yeah. trying to give them uh, any chance at making it. Have you seen any Kingsman like trailers on the on commercials or anything? Cause no, I not at all. Yeah. And I don't have cable, but I yeah, have. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they have announced a Kingsman three, which, again, I'm really excited about. But I would 100 percent continue in this world as well, too. I, I yeah, return? yes, yeah, him to return. That's what I thought. I 100% continue in this world as well to, to watch the Kingsman's agency reveal, grow, to watch it to how they operate in World War II. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's that's what they're going for. And that's what he said. I read an interview afterwards where he was like, I would love to tell more stories in this time. Yeah. With these characters. It's been a rough year for Mark Miller with uh, Jupiter's Legacy being canceled. Uh, and Kingsman getting the dump the, the way it did. Yeah, it can't have done that well. Yeah, at the box office. So we'll see. Especially, Although my theater was full on a random like Tuesday night. Like, yeah, m- mine was mine was pretty. I went on a Monday like early afternoon, and it was still a lot more full than I was expecting. So maybe we'll have a won't, maybe the drop off for week two won't be as bad. Yeah, uh, I think probably those Christmas folks. Yeah, yeah, going and seeing yeah. Things. So we'll see. We don't. I think there was no other films that came out that we need to talk about. No, we're done. We're done. Yeah, yeah. See you guys next year. Or Spider-Man or something? Mm. Should we talk about that? I saw it. Do you want to yeah, just yeah, yeah. Like, talk about it for sure, a minute? Sure, sure. Uh, so what were your thoughts going into Spider-Man? Um, excitement, joy, fear, um, elation. Yeah, well, we talked about some going into it, but like as I got closer and closer, I got more and more excited for this film than I ever thought I would be for a Spider-Man film. I took a half day <laughs> yeah, <at work laughs> to make sure Completely I could see understandable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it came out on my birthday. Like I was, yeah. I mean, it, there were, there could not have been more yeah. joy and excitement around this movie for me. And this film was amazing. Yeah. Like, so people were were like are already talking about like what's your be- your favorite of the new Marvel trilogies? And yeah. it's like oh Spider Man a hundred percent. Yeah, and there's no bones about it. Yeah, uh, better than the Iron Man, better than the Cap, better than the Thor. I top, don't know. Top to bottom. I don't know. Is the Iron Man the one that's giving you pause? I well, people, I loved Shane Black's take on Iron Man for Iron Man 3. Yeah. Uh, that's the one that gives I love Taika Waititi's take on Thor for it, Thor uh, Ragnarok. Is any Spider-Man as bad as and, Dark World? I don't know. Captain America Civil War and Captain America Winter Soldier are two incredible films. Yeah, but Captain America 1 is kind of weak. I don't know. I, I I think it's a good World War II film. Uh, I'm not saying Joe that Dante. it's bad. Okay. Anyways, let's yeah. talk about Spider-Man. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have that debate another time. So we'll and jump I think around. We should. So okay, I'm just going to ask you a big question off the bat. Your favorite moment from this film? Oh boy. I mean, it's got to be when we. Oh. Oh man. 
I'm going to say the Garfield reveal because then that just like opens the door for everything. Yeah. Like once we finally get Garfield, because I wasn't, it didn't click right away that it was Garfield. It took me a second. Like obviously, it wasn't until he said that he hated Mondays that (laughs) Matt figured it out. (laughs) I mean, when he opened the the portal and we saw him, I was like, oh, that's Tom. I was like, wait, no, that is not Tom. And at that point, I was like, yes, here we here we fucking go. Uh, this this thing can start now. Uh, what about you? Uh, before I jump from mine, I do want to say one thing I loved about the Garfield and the Tobey Maguire is that these weren't just cameos; they were real, substantial roles in the they film. Were massive roles, yes, with amazing callbacks to what happened to them in their universes. Incredible and, heart, and I've almost gone and seen it a second time, about four times, and I'm going to go see it. Yeah, again. I, I don't blame you uh, at all, and. Like go uh, right now. Yeah, I'll stop this. Uh, I I did not like the Amazing Spider-Man films, the Garfield ones. The first one was really good. The second uh, one, yeah, was a movie. I can't remember who the villain was. Who's the villain in the first one? I don't remember either. See, I, isn't that weird? Uh, uh, Rhino was one of them. Only for like the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Giamatti's Rhino. Yeah. Uh, but... This film completely redeems that Spider-Man in in every way. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and this film made me miss Tobey Maguire as an actor. Tobey Maguire is mostly retired; he just does production stuff now. Uh, so, like, for, for for me to make me feel about one about a character that I didn't care about and an actor that I hadn't thought about in forever is. Already make this a really strong film in its own right, and that's just for two of the amazing cast in this film already. Um, and that's not even talking about the Alfred Molina of it yes. all. That's not talking about the Willem Dafoe of no. it all, but or even the Jamie Fox of yes. it all. Uh, my favorite moment uh, shouldn't be that surprising, but it was the Matt Murdock cameo. Oh man, uh. that happened so fast, and it was just <laughs> you and I have seen each other since this movie came out, and since we have both seen it. Uh, we hung out and had like a little game night, but it happened so fast. And honestly, I, if you asked me what I thought, yeah. that was the only thing that you, you, were, you would yeah. concede to talk about, about the film. You asked me what I thought. And I just told you that I did what my girlfriend does when she gets really excited. And that's just like kick her feet yeah. a bunch. And that's what I did. Cause I was in a full recliner chair and, uh, I just kicked my feet. I was just too excited. When the burger troll through the window, he catches it. And he's like, oh, I do that. I'm a really good lawyer. Like, amazing. <laughs> That's not an explanation. And we should be getting more Daredevil going forward. Charlie Cox Daredevil going forward. And I read uh, that when No Way Home came out. Because it came out before Hawkeye episode six, right? Or was Hawkeye episode six first? Hawkeye episode six was... No, uh, episode five was first. It was after so. Yeah. I read this interview with Vincent Nofrio and apparently, uh, no, but Charlie was confirmed to Daredevil as first. So Vincent Nofrio and Charlie Cox are still friends and they had a two, two hour conversation about Charlie coming back to the MCU and how excited they were. And they talked for two hours. And then when episode five dropped, then they called each other again because they weren't allowed to talk about it until the stuff had been announced. Had another two hour conversation about him coming back as Kingpin as well too. That's so I, awesome. yeah, I thought that too. I love that their like relationship exists and they they love these characters so much and have that connection that they're excited for one another and they have like these long conversations about it as well. Oh, I just feel like they had to have known 
And they just must have just been gushing and just. Yeah, but they just had to. They didn't want to be the person responsible for any MCU leaks because nothing is scarier than Kevin Feige and Disney's lawyers. Kevin Feige in his most generic hat of all time. Yeah, even though pretty much a lot of the stuff for this film has leaked already. Uh, but we already knew the the Spider Man's. Okay, so Jamie Fox. I liked him a lot better in this than I ever did in the amazing Spider-Man. Oh, also how can you not have your favorite moment as, sorry to interrupt you. I, I do apologize. I really don't though. Uh, how can you have your favorite moment as Andrew Garfield saving MJ? Uh, that was a fantastic oh moment. Oh my God. God. The emotion y- yes. Getting his redemption. Did you not tear yes, up? I, I know. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this beautiful. film choked me up so many times. I did not expect. Yep. Uh, also, we're talking about the bigger ones, but, we're talking about back-to-back films with the Reese fan as well, too, because he played uh, the lizard, Doc Connors. He yeah. was Rasputin and the lizard. Uh, so I loved Thomas Hayden Church, even though we only got to see him as him uh, at the very end of the film. I thought uh, I like Sam Man's characterization that he wasn't totally against Spider-Man as well in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but Alfred Molina was amazing as Doc Ock. Absolutely incredible. And Willem Dafoe, again, was absolutely amazing. And breaking that mask, even though I do like that character design and giving the more classic cop off, but seeing the more expressive Defoe's face throughout the film was a really smart choice by whether that was John Watts, the director, making that choice or Feige or Victoria Alonso. Yeah. Yeah. And Defoe's just an incredible actor to begin with. And his his face is just incredibly expressive. Like, we're just... It's almost two and a half hours long. I know we're discussing over the big moments because it is such a heavy, emotional, fun film. We haven't talked about the true villain of the film, MIT. Uh, <laughs> and how MIT kept rejecting Peter Parker, Ned, uh, and MJ. And they let Flash Thompson, which of course is very much true to life because Flash had money. So, of course, for oh tools like that. Uh, did you notice what his book was called that he wrote? Mm-hmm. Uh, what yeah. a fucking yeah. jab at yeah. DC yeah. calling Flash's book Flashpoint. Yeah. So uh, fucking great. good. So dumb and yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it was just, what do you think of, let's talk about the real news here. What did you think of Flash's, um, haircut <laughs> and highlights? Well, Flash is originally blonde in the comic. So I guess that was a callback to that. Yeah, I guess yeah. it was yeah. <laughs> in a really weird, yeah. really bizarre way. I hope this Flash never becomes Venom or anti-Venom or Agent Venom or anything like that. Well, jumping ahead to after credit scenes, yes. the, the first one is... Started out really strong and then ended up disappointing to me. Yeah, we got Tom Hardy on the beach. Yes, with uh, What's-His-Face from uh, Ted Lasso. Uh, uh, oh, my yeah. God. Uh, soccer's life. Yeah, soccer's uh, life. Yeah, soccer's death in the yeah. newer season. Uh, playing the bartender, but just him and Venom and like Tom Hardy struggling to understand and comprehend like this world. He's like, wait, trying to, Thanos had a stone, magical stones. Like I loved all that, but just having Venom get sucked back and not used at all sucked. Like I, I hated that. I can't believe we just uh, left Danny there by himself. Yeah. Uh, but like I, I absolutely hated that with a passion. Like. Cool, he left some of his symbiote behind, but that doesn't matter to me because I never thought for a second that there wasn't a symbiote in the MCU MCU universe anyways. Yeah, that was weak. I, I just hope that it finds the Tom Hardy here. Yeah. Maybe. And maybe, we get, yeah. Like, another origin. Yeah. Or something, yeah. Uh, which would be cool with me. I don't care. Yeah, I guess just make him more purely evil and not like so much of an anti-hero. 
Yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, and in the comics right now, he's an anti-hero, as is, in the current comics. But, I mean, Venom is traditionally uh, a, vi- a villain. Yeah. Yeah, like, and let's see that. Let's see the villain, sure. the villain of it all in the next one. We haven't got that storyline in this Spider-Man. Let's do it. We haven't talked about Doctor Strange at all, who's apparently no longer the Sorcerer Supreme. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wong is now the Sorcerer yeah, Supreme. Because, we have just totally glanced Yeah, over. because Doctor Strange flipped out of reality. So he got on a technicality, which I thought was a nice line. That was really uh, funny. Uh, I loved... Stephen was constantly annoyed with what Peter. What did you think of Mephisto in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, if you didn't see this movie and you're listening, Mephisto is nowhere to be found. People just keep thinking yeah. Mephisto's a thing. Because it felt like Stephen being annoyed with Peter is, is very on brand, on brand for Doctor Strange as well, too, oh, and frustrated. Yep. Uh, and how just easily he's able to just defeat Peter until Peter used math. Which, I mean, people could use math to defeat me, so I, I can see that would happen. I did love the runner of call me Steven, not Sarah. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, it just doesn't sound right every time he calls me Steven. Whenever Doctor Strange comes up to seal the breach in the end, I didn't think he was going to do it. Like, I thought I was like, oh, maybe this is our way into the Fantastic Four and the X-Men and all that. But I was wrong about that. I thought that was going to be our key into Multiverse of Madness was, yeah. oh, this isn't going to yeah, be yeah. done. Yeah, but surprisingly sealed it off with, to jump ahead to the real ending, with everyone forgetting who Peter Parker was. Yep. Including yeah, only, MJ and Ned. The only way for uh, the world to be saved and the multiverse is not to all just split the, this reality apart, yeah. essentially, was for him to make Peter Parker a nobody. Yeah, which, and I'm kind of excited for this because then we get to see like the college age broke Peter Parker, which is a lot of times a more classic Peter Parker as well, too. And I don't know how you felt, but it was weird to me because by the end of the film, Tom Holland looked older to me than he was. Uh, at the beginning of the film, like his character felt older as well too. Yeah, I don't know if that was like you can see it on clothing space. design or like stylized makeup or performance wise or combination of all of it, but it, it definitely felt like that to me in the end. Yeah, you felt like he'd just kind of been been ran ragged. Uh oh. Also, Aunt May died. Yeah. Oh man, was that ever heartbreaking? Yeah, she, I, I she didn't see that coming the, at all. The line of death. Yeah. For any yes. uh, relative of Peter Parker, which is the yeah. great power, great responsibility yeah. was, line. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. No one's of a power surge in this uh, world, apparently. I thought that I repeatedly kept thinking, she's going to live, right? Yeah, yeah. She's going to... It's Aunt May. Yeah. So because we never had or an Uncle Ben in this universe at all. Yeah. Aunt May's a babe. You're not yeah. going to kill Aunt May. But... And to jump forward, too, more to where Peter meets the other Peters, them working together in the lab was great. Uh, Toby telling Ned about his best friend. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was wonderful as well too. Toby talking about his back problems in the apartment because that's a reference to Amazing Spider-Man Two when he fell off and hit his back. Uh, as well, I thought it was great. Yeah. Andrew being jealous that he never got to fight aliens from outer space. Uh, how he just limited it. he got to fight lame villains. It was all. I cannot just talk about how amazing this movie was. Just top to bottom, every yeah. I think I was just full of joy the entire time. Uh, I also lost my AirPods temporarily during this film. Oh, no. <laughs> it's weird that they were even out and about. I don't even know how that po- that's possible. I had to like leave the theater briefly to like go and try and figure out where I had left my AirPods. They just fell up through a crack in the seat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, of glad- my massive recliner yeah. for my $25 seat that I had. Uh, well worth it. Uh, uh, it was so worth it. I think this film will has a chance to make my top 10 for the end of the year. <laughs> I 
this film uh, has a chance to crack my top eight. Okay. Wow. 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 My, wow. Wow. Like going back to MySpace friends yeah. days, baby. <laughs> uh, if you're under we 25, I'm very sorry that you're oh, not going to understand that reference. I was going to say before we were, before we were final rating, uh, there was a second after credit scene, which is again not like a real after credit scene, basically just a stranger for or trailer for Doctor Strange. Yeah. What What was that about? Yeah. Whatever. It's a trailer. I hated it being an after credit scene. I still love the trailer. Like taking the it as a trailer. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Uh, and it really, it looks like one has not done a heel turn yet at all through what we've seen in the trailer either. I think but, it's going to happen in this film. Yeah. Her fingers are turning black. Yeah. We got to see America Chavez as well too for the first time. Yeah. We got a couple uh, glimpses at her. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, but I want, I need more after credit scenes. The next Marvel thing we're going to get is probably Moon Knight. Uh, the last time you and I spoke uh, after the podcast, you told me that's what was next. So I'm assuming. Yeah, because I think the next film has not come out for six months. Like May? I want uh, like to say. May? Yeah. Rip? Yeah, May for Doctor Strange. So yeah. we don't have anything until then. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a long wait for, which is a weird thing because we talked earlier off mic. I think it was off mic about how there was no, it was on the show about how there was nine MCU properties that came out this year for new yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that we will not get any films until May is really strange. It is. It is a little bizarre. Again, um, it's more, I guess, back to normal because there are summer films traditionally. Yep. So yeah, I mean, it's going right back to that, and I'm I'm just curious if I'm what's on the slate after Boba Fett ends. Uh, probably Moon Knight, but we don't know. That's insane that nothing's been confirmed for that. Yeah. Because it's been back to back to back to back. I know. Yeah. So We've been spoiled. We really have. And I can already tell you there's going to be at least one Marvel television show that's not going to be making my top ten list. Uh, WandaVision. Okay. Uh, so what do you rate this on a scale of one to ten? We didn't rate Kingsman either. Oh, are we, are we saving this? For, no, no. Okay, Kingsman. What, what I do you think rate we should save it. Let's save it. Yeah, that's what we did for the first one. Okay, that's yeah, fine. We're yeah, save okay. it. We'll save it. We only rated the first episode because yeah. we'll have more okay. content before. Okay, the next that's one. fair. So our next episode is going to be as it usually is, uh, number ten through six for our year end. We will also either talk about our top five favorite returning shows or our favorite comic books of the year as well too. Uh, Possibly both. And whichever no, one, yeah, whichever one is not in there of those two will be in the five through one episode. Yep. So you'll get those eventually. Yep. Uh, so look forward to that over the next couple of weeks. We'll probably also talk about um, – we're probably going to record them both together and just release them separate. So the yeah. first episode will likely also have some Boba Fett review. Yeah, most likely. Uh, but I think that's going to wrap it up. As always, you can email us at henchmanacomic.gmail.com. Uh, you can go to Target uh, and bug the reps there uh, to see if they have any Henchman of Comics merchandise. Uh, same thing at Walmart, Toys R Us. And if they don't know what we're talking about, insist that you grab their phone and subscribe to the podcast on all their streaming services yeah, that they have. Like and download yeah, on there. Yeah. yeah, that's the most important thing. Uh, for Henshin Comics, I'm Alex Ashback. And I am committing more crimes. Henshin ain't easy. Henshin ain't easy.